right. Thank y'all listeners for tuning back in. This is Spiritual Advisory Podcast with Marcus and Myra. Kings, queens, anyone in between, we are here for y'all. And um, wrapping up this year, we thought, you know, we kind of talked amongst ourselves and we thought like a good way to kind of wrap this year up and um, go into the next year, this uh, 2024. I have to remind myself to say that. <laughs> but um, we're talking about reparenting ourselves, which in a grand sense of schemes is just kind of unlearning the things that were negative, especially within our, you know, growing up childhood and also being able to discern and kind of know what to keep, you know, those positive things that we have in our childhood that, you know, are meaningful to us. And knowing that I don't have kids, but, you know, that's something that I do strive towards, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, all things go well, you know, to have kids one day. And, uh, I think it is very important, like me and Myra were talking about uh, way pre-recording, is that it's good to have a sense of, I suppose, maybe like a moral compass in a sense, right? Like just to know what's good to keep around and what foolishness to stay away from and knowing how to kind of maneuver through that with life and also being able just to say like, hey, what parts of myself and what parts of my, you know, childhood trauma can I leave behind so I can set a better future for, you know, the children that I have or the children that I want to have. And I'm going to pass it, pass the mic on to Myra. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I know personally for me, um, I have two kids. I have a uh, now 15 year old that will be 16 in January and I have a son that just turned 10 in November just last month and like I've been pretty transparent about like my childhood with you guys you know in, in in terms of like me not having a great childhood and not not understanding in the beginning kind of like why I have the parents that I have or like mm. why why I chose them to be the parents that I have until like I went older and I had like kind of my own spiritual experience and I learned that, you know, I chose these people for a reason. Mm -hmm. And after accepting that and like after letting go of that anger, it put me in a very unique position because, um, and I've said this before, I stopped observing my parents as my parents and started observing my parents as people. Mm -hmm. And my parents were very hurt people. They were very much uh, traumatized people. They are very much people that still currently live in their victimhood. And that caused them to not be available for me as a child. And I knew when I was little that if I ever had kids, I, something in me just knew this was not the way. I don't know how I knew it at like, you know, like nine or 10. I just knew that something about this just didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. And so like, as I told, uh, you know, Marcus before, and I've also told you guys, like, before I had my kids, like, honey, your girl was a mess. I was going through it. Um, just not knowing how to deal with what was happening inside of me, not knowing how to deal with trauma, not even freaking knowing where to start. And it wasn't until I got pregnant with my daughter that it kind of, it was like, 
it was like everything in my being just aligned. And I knew that every everything that I wanted as a child in terms of like the type of family, the type of parent, the type of environment, I was able to give that to my child, that I was going to be able to give that to my child. But that took me learning how to love little me, learning how to love that inner child, learning how to take blame and shame and all of these things that I had strapped little me down with, making her think that, oh, it's your fault that no one wanted you. Oh, you did something wrong. I, I had to get rid of all of that. I had to love the little version of me. I had to parent my little inner child self. And through that parenting, I learned a skill. Like I learned how to be a parent through doing that to myself. And so in turn, when my child was born into this physical world, I knew how to parent her. Now that's not saying like, you know, I never made a mistake or I, I never learned anything because definitely as a new mom, you make mistakes. And you know what? Not even mistakes, right? You just learn and you adjust and you move forward. And so that was like critical for me. And I think a lot of times, like when we become parents or even think about becoming a parent, we think about it as this ex external experience. But as we always say, like everything goes back to the self. Mm -hmm. So if you are not loving that version of you, the littlest bits of you inside, then it's going to be hard to be able to fully be transparent and vulnerable and allowing yourself to be fully available to your child because you're not even fully available to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very wise. Very wise. I want to bring back a big mention that you said, so I hope that, you know, listeners don't gloss over it. But the part of where you mentioned how you had to like objectively look at your parents as people, mm -hmm. I know that's something for myself like that came on way, I probably would say like maybe within um like my my later 20s in a sense. And that for me, especially like that had to come with with age and um, kind of molding myself also of branching myself from the things that were taught to the things that I wanted to learn and mm -hmm. vice versa of the upbringing that I previously had to the points in my life where I was living on my own. I was away from my family and I had to like kind of learn as I go. So for the listeners out there, I think it is very important, especially like if you do have parents that are alive with you in this life experience, give them that credibility of being able to look at them as a person and not just someone who's like, well, what did parents typically say? Like, you live under my house, you live by my rules or, mm -hmm. you know, by uh, that that kind of rhetoric. So. Mm -hmm. I feel it is very important because if we're to gauge ourselves of like, okay, how do I become better? We also have to look at where we came from and into that is like delving deeper into the past because perfect example, right? So um, for my father, like I had to look at 
how he was raised and some of the difficulties that he had to go through Mm -hmm. just to understand him better as a person and -hmm. just to understand like, okay, well, yeah, we have these vast differences between us, but now I'm able to see some of the similarities because he had to deal with things that I'd never even fathom. Now that I have that bit more of wisdom under my belt, I can look at him and be like, you know what? I understand that he feels that he has to constantly be moving because for him, that's where he finds his peace instead of vice versa. Me, I like to actually sit and be still and, you know, just kind of feel the energy and the air around me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it it gives a little bit more insight of understanding when we're able to objectively look at our parents just as people and not this authoritative figure that's like you know kind of looming over our lives i i love that you said that bit about you understand why he was always moving and you like to sit still and like that's a perfect perfect example of kind of like reparenting right like Mm -hmm. he's giving you something that he couldn't have Mm -hmm. so the reason why you can't phantom what he experienced is because he intentionally made sure that you didn't experience it, mm-hmm. even though he had to. And that's how I feel when it comes to my kids. Like my kids, they can't imagine like some of the stuff that I had to experience as a child. Like their childhood is literally like night and day. My kids, my kids wouldn't have survived. And that's not saying that as in like, oh, well, you know, they're weak. No, that's saying it is that like that's a blessing that they don't that they that they don't have to survive, right? Because surviving is not living. Mm-hmm. You're literally just pushing through. And so I think like going back to that point of looking at, at your parents as not just your parents, but as people, I noticed that that is when I was able to let go of anger from my parents, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of times people think that holding on to anger for what your parents did or consistently blaming them, like even if you're like 40 and you're like, oh, well, my parents never did this. My parents never did that. Like, baby, like you got to let that go. Mm -hmm. Like you got to let it go because who is it harming but you? It's right. it's only harming you because I guarantee you they're not thinking about it. And so it's just like you, you got two options. You got you either come to them to try and have a conversation and discuss how you feel and how it made you feel. And if they're at the place where they can, you know, like take responsibility for that experience and build healthier connections moving forward. Awesome. That's great. Right. But if they are not, then at that point, you need to decide, okay, am I going to continue to have this toxic interaction with this with this person, right? With this person? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to love them from a distance, but understand that as me, as my own person, right? I have a responsibility to myself and to my peace and... I am going to choose to let go of this, let go of those feelings because they are they are they were never serving me. They were never serving me. And I am going to forge forward, right? I'm going to do that. And I think 
that applies if you have kids or if you even if you don't have kids. Um, if you have kids, then that sets the precedent of how your kids view your relationship, right? I'll give you a prime example. When my kids were around my mother, they don't like being around her. I'm just, you know, going like I always keep it a buck with y'all. I'm going to keep it a buck. They don't like it. And it's not because I've ever talked bad about my mom around my kids. Never. Not one time. I allow my kids to be able to view people as they are. Meaning I let them have that experience. I mean, obviously, you know, with like barriers, I don't let them interact with people that could be dangerous or harm them or anything like that. But in terms of deciding if they want to continue forward with a relationship with someone, I let them decide that. And so, you know, over time, I noticed that my kids was just like, mommy, I don't want to go over there anymore. I don't like how it feels. I don't like the things that she says. I don't, I don't like that she, you know, tries to control me. I don't like that she, like, says little things and it hurts my feelings and she laughs about it. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. So I say, you don't have to go. I'm not going to force you. Because I experienced that. I experienced being around people that make me feel uncomfortable, make me feel unwanted, make me feel all of these things. And no one... No one gave me that choice to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to participate in this anymore. And I think that if I never would have gone through the steps of evaluating my childhood and letting go of that anger, I probably would have been willing to put up mm -hmm. with anything mm -hmm. because I didn't have any boundaries. And I remember trying to, um, like, you know, having, I remember having a conversation with my mom and just like talking about like her childhood and things like that. And one of the things that, again, like I couldn't understand was, I understand that your mother treated you this way and her mother treated her this way, right? But this is what I don't get. If you're, if her mother treated her badly and she knew it felt badly, she knew it felt badly. And then she treated you bad and you told me it felt bad why would you then treat me badly mm -hmm. like at some point someone has to stop someone has to say i'm not doing this i don't care if it's hard to readjust generational trauma because that's what you're doing you're readjusting generational trauma at that point Someone has to stop and say, hey, this made me feel bad. So I'm not going to continue to do it to people, especially people that I love. And so I think, is it hard? It is. It is challenging, right? right. Because yeah. you were going against something that's generational. But when you are able to see the results of what you have done, like, the conversations that I'm able to have with my kids, the ability for me to be able to be honest and vulnerable, emotional, and explain to them like, you know, this is why I want to always do all these experiences with you guys. This is why I tell you guys I love you all the time. This is why we have family dinners every night where we can't have cell phones at the table so that we can actually talk to one another. This is why we do all of these little things because... This did not happen for me. And we got to start somewhere, folks. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. And 
another another point that I don't definitely don't want people to gloss over the point of where you said like you allow your children to basically determine for themselves whether someone's good company someone's bad company mm -hmm. I think especially within our community that's a rhetoric that needs to be definitely more heightened and more like I, I would love to see more people aware of that because I can't I don't have children, but I know of people who do have children and, you know, especially those who co-parent. And that's always, it seems a big trivial matter of somebody either talking down upon the father or somebody talking down upon the mother. And I think, sure, it's two people with two hurt feelings, but then they don't see that they're also hurting the children in yes. that sense. Yeah. And I think when you're able just to be like, hey, you know what, I'm going to allow you to build your own relationship with said person, parent or uh, guardian, and that child gets to experience for themselves like, OK, hey, you know what, I do feel comfortable around this person and I would like to spend more time with them. Then you allow that you foster that you nurture that and whatever, you know, split uh, or hurt feelings that you have for that person, you know, that's for two grown people to settle, but you allow that child to, you know, have their time with that person. And I think, I think also on the note of how challenging it is to change generational trauma, right? Yeah. See, yeah. that's the, see, that's the thing. Cause it's, it's one thing to realize like, oh, wow, I hurt myself or somebody hurt me. It's a whole nother thing to realize that it's unnormal behavior to have that constantly happen again and again, because yeah. I think what tends to happen is, or at least I guess I'm maybe thinking from a little bit of my grandparents' uh, analogy of life, right? Because they've had it extremely hard. And these are the generations of people who had to walk to school and and so forth and that much. But I think in their rhetoric, it's more of, well, you know, if it hurts, then it's only making me stronger, right? And to Ooh. a degree, no, we got to let that go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to let that, that's old rhetoric. That's like prehistoric, you know, think eight, think ways of thinking. So it's like, that needs to be let go. And having that kind of mindset of, oh, well, it hurts, but it's making me stronger. It's like, the reason that needs to be released is it's like if if that's the rhetoric that you have in your mind, then it's like you'll never understand what trauma is and how trauma really works. Right. Because oh, you're, you're yeah. thinking that, well, oh, this this trial is making me way more invincible than what I am. But it's like not yeah. really because you're not dealing with it. You're not healing it. You're not. Yeah you're not in a process of where that pain is being soothed, where that pain and that hurt is actually being healed. So instead it's like, you're holding that resentment of, well, I'm going to be better. And oh, I'm going to, you know, it's like, no, you're coming at it from revenge and vengeance and mm -mm. a very reactive way to come at it. And trauma is not something that responds to, someone being reactive you mm -hmm. have to you have to welcome that shit in 
they yeah. fucking absorb it and hug it and soothe it and nurture it until it transforms into something else. It, mm. it just being combative with it does not work. Mm. Oh, you know, and there's a and there's a saying from a movie that I really, really love that kind of ties into this. And it's from the movie called The Prophet. And the saying is evil doesn't realize it's evil because evil only thinks that it's starved off from being good. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. Because it's like when you think of those you know, big name villains, Joker, uh, you can, you know, go down the list and name them all. It's not necessarily that they're thinking what I'm doing is like, of course, maybe they know what they're doing is evil, but in a grand sense of things, they think in their own way or own view that what they're doing is right because mm -hmm. of the vengeance that they feel that they must have or the, the yeah, the vengeance that they feel that's due to them. Mm -hmm. So, harboring that same kind of mindset of well oh you know this trauma is only making me stronger in a grand sense of things yes but you have to take the time to heal that you have to take the time to you know nurture yourself and get back up and be like yeah you know what this trauma doesn't define me because I define myself mm. and, and you know what I don't even think it, that is making you stronger I think it's kind of like it's kind of like a callus right mm -hmm. like if you think about it like it, let's say that you are you're someone that works with your hands and mm. you get a cut on your hands and instead of you taking times to let your hand heal and let it rest you're just like nah I'm just gonna like cover it up with a bandage and just keep working or just wipe off the blood on my pants and just keep working and you keep working over time, over time, over time, over time. And now you have calluses so thick on your hands that you can't even close your hands. And mm -hmm. you thought you was tough. Like you wasn't mm -hmm. tough. You wasn't tough at all. Like you weren't, it wasn't making you stronger because now you can't move. Mm -hmm. Now your hands can't move freely because these calluses are so thick on your hands that now it's going to be hard and now you're going to have to strip them all away in order to be able to move freely in order to be able to have more uh like agility and uh more flexibility in your hands when you could have just stopped and taken the time to nurse your hands before all of those calluses built up on you but you mm -hmm. didn't do that yeah and see, and, and and that's a really, really great point. And I think that also kind of ties the bow on that's where things need to be relearned and things need to be reworked because just in that same instance, when that trauma or that childhood trauma had happened and now this person is grown and they're confronted with maybe a similar uh, occurrence or okay. maybe some kind of uh, similar happening or circumstance that that goes on this is that part of where it's like okay instead of just slapping on the band-aid and keep going and keep working I need to actually sit down and be like hey why is this bothering me 
and yep. what part of my childhood uh needs to get reworked and 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 I think in just in that just that statement in itself is a relearning especially for somebody who has that mind state of like oh well I got to keep going I got to keep thriving I got to you know I can't let this stop me but it's nothing wrong with being stopped especially if it's going to bring a beneficial healing around yeah, I think being that reflective is hard for a lot of folks because mm. then it brings up things that you don't want to think about that you've yeah. been trying to avoid. And it it definitely takes a lot of vulnerability to revisit your childhood because once you start making those connections, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. Like you start to realize like, damn, this is the reason why I do this. And this is the reason why I do that. And when you start asking yourself questions like, have I ever felt safe? Mm-hmm. Have I ever felt safe? And when was when when was the time that I felt the most safe? And when was the time that I felt the most alone or the most whatever? And then you start tying those things to your adulthood, mm-hmm. right? And you start thinking about, well, do I keep people around me just to have people around me, even though they make me feel unsafe? Or even mm-hmm. though they make me feel unwelcome or unwanted because I felt unwanted as a child. So now I'm just around people that wanted that are just dealing with me because I'm offering them something, but they don't really want to be around me. And mm-hmm. I know this, but I don't want to feel alone like I did when I was little. And yeah. I can't say that, right? I can't say that because that makes me look vulnerable and that makes me look weak. No, baby, that makes you look human. Hmm. that makes you look human and that means it's time to revisit yourself it's time to accept the fact that there was nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong with you people were just going through what they were going through around you and 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 that's okay and you're fine so don't accept this as an adult and that dialogue back and forth between your child self and your adult self like I can't tell you how many times like I've had like dreams of me holding myself on my own lap and talking to myself and just like wait like literally waking up from my sleep crying or waking up from meditations crying because I never I never tied the two together. And then once I tied them together, it was like, damn. Mm-hmm. Like, that should make sense now. That's why mm-hmm. I did that. But you have to be willing to go there. Yep. Because it ain't no walking apart. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely ain't. And mm-hmm. I think it's also just important to know, like, there's there's avenues that that are you know available to people to help them through this you know Mm -hmm. i mean especially whether that's uh therapy whether that's you know getting spiritual help there's definitely avenues to help you through this because it's not an easy process but it's a process that can be done yeah for sure yeah and 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 i think that's a very important thing, especially when you're delving into this, or especially if you're a new beginner delving into reworking or reparenting yourself and figuring these things out is that there's such a avenue within therapy and 
other various outreach programs that you know you can get in touch with because that's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. I know it is I know it does take courage and it does take a lot of heart and a lot of vulnerability to do these things. But um I mean I I, I know I know from personal experiences that the benefits it, it really it really pays off, you know, taking that courage. I I agree with you a thousand percent. Like on I feel like I went through it on levels, right? First it was first it was going through like regular therapy. And that mm-hmm. helped a lot. That definitely helped a lot for me. Um, because it gave me like certain tools mm-hmm. to learn how to like adequately articulate my feelings, first off, right? Yeah. And and kind of like to draw connections and to um teach me how to be like more self-reflective for sure and to learn how to hold space for myself and not feel like that was a selfish thing because mm. i feel like a lot of times people feel like in our culture in general like not like african american culture but just american culture it's really like this um it's really seen as selfish to focus on the self right like mm-hmm. in terms of not in terms of like focusing on the self, like when it comes to like money or career or, oh, I'm out for me and mine. So no, not like that. I mean, internally to focus on the self. That right. self is the wrong self to be focusing on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because that's the more powerful self to focus on. Because if you can make people concentrate on all the other things, all the other noise and not the, the real stuff that's happening, then you have power over them. But that's a whole nother episode. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so anyways I feel as though like that gave me an opportunity to really feel like okay it's okay to sit with myself it's okay to examine myself it's okay to learn about myself and therapy was good until I I just knew like I needed something else mm-hmm. I knew that I needed something more than what therapy could offer and for me, that's like really when my kind of like connection or reconnection with with my higher self began to take place. And I feel as though it for me in particular, it had to happen in that order because mm-hmm. I needed to I needed to find a way back to myself first. You're right. Before I could find my way back to my higher self. Because I thought that there was a disconnection when there wasn't. Um, my higher self was just waiting for me to realize that there wasn't. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. once once I got back into that that spiritual aspect of myself, that's when like the, that deep shadow work started. And man, when I say like everything is connected to your childhood, everything is connected to your childhood. And if you don't believe me, I want you to do this. I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you through the course of your week, I want you to write down things that instantly annoyed you, that made you feel sad or made you feel mad or made you feel stressed. And I want you to start questioning those things, right? Start questioning why this made you upset. If it made you upset or if it made you stressed, ask yourself why you put up with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, really ask yourself. Don't say, like, oh, well, I put up with John because John's my boss. 
okay, John's your boss, but you can find another job or you can go somewhere else. Or is it really about the job? Or is it really about the fact that you grew up with a scarcity mindset? You grew up paycheck to paycheck thinking that you'll never have this, you'll never have that. So you're trying to hold on to every little single thing that you can because you don't want to be in that place of lack anymore. Is it really that? Mm -hmm. Because it's really not John at the job. It's really not John at the job. It's you. Yep. It's you, baby. If you got a man or a woman and y'all constantly arguing or this person does not respect something about you and you continuously keep trying to have these conversations and convince them why they should respect this about you or why they, no, baby, just leave. And if you won't leave because you didn't put in too much time, right, which is really just an illusion, um, ask yourself, well, why would I continue to make a bad investment into this relationship? Whether it be a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship. Would you keep investing your money in a stock that's constantly failing? No. So mm -hmm. why would you continue to invest your time in a relationship that's failing? Make it make sense, boo. You're not getting no returns on that investment. So mm -hmm. make it make sense. Ask yourself, why am I willing to put up with this? Because it's really not about that person that you date in or that friendship that you have or that family member that you know you shouldn't be around. It's really about you and why you don't want to be alone or mm -hmm. how this person helps you avoid this aspect of yourself that you don't want to visit. So yep. listen, that's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Take note. I think when it comes to relearning and also being that parent to yourself like it's it's good to know that when because those hurdles will come when those yeah. you know moments happen like it's good to realize that it ain't all gonna be perfect when you start that journey like oh, it, no. it's <laughs> not gonna be perfect when you start that journey so don't sit there with the guys or the idea of like all right like boom this, this is gonna be a one-shot thing and i'm gonna yeah. get it right the first time and no like this is literal work like this is something i'm still working on myself it's continuous it's not like oh you know what <laughs> done healing let's check that off my list you better right check now. it right back on. <laughs> check it right back on. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it's it's understanding that this is a process. This is a journey. This is something that you are continuously going to be doing. Now, the only saving grace of this, <laughs> this, this, this grand scheme of healing, right, is that you're going to be happy while doing this. Like, you got to have that happiness within to continue this journey. Because yeah. I'm telling you, like, if you sitting there and you flipping and flopping on, like, oh, like, am I am I going to make it? Am I not? No, you can't sit there and be like, am I or am I not? No, you got to have, like, something with it. You got to have that faith, that determination within to be like, you know what? I'm going to see this through, through good days, bad days. And I got to find the happiness within to keep this going. 
Because I'm telling you, like, that's going to be your saving grace is having that personal happiness within to be like, you know what, let me continue to ask myself these difficult questions. Also, let me continue to see this through because it's going to take that joy within. It's going to take that happiness within. And that's one of the most beautiful aspects of it is when you actually start reparenting that child that has had all of that trauma. And you can actually start to feel that child flourish within when you start feeling your inner child, getting that confidence back to be able to laugh at goofy things that people might not find funny or being able to like, you know what? Hey, I just want to go over here by myself and I'm fine. And I don't feel like I'm being outed or somebody's trying to cancel me or all of these new, new words that people make up on a daily basis. Like when you start feeling that inner confidence and that inner child just happy of life, happy of having this experience of living, that's when that's when you can feel and know that your healing is is working. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, like I think as a parent, again, like one of the biggest things that I've noticed is like um when you when your kids say stuff to you that you would have never been able to say to your parents. And like when you have conversations with your kids and it's something like one example is like when when I was growing up, I remember mom used to always say to us, oh, uh, oh, you think you know me? You don't know me. You don't know me. And I remember as a kid, I would think like, well, why would my mom want me not to know her like I thought that was really strange for an adult to say to their child and so my kids know me like very well like they know all my likes they know all my dislikes I mean obviously no one knows everything about everybody right but my kids know me very very well and I think it's one of the things that I am the most happy about is that they have the ability to know me well. They know me as their mom, but they also know me as a person because I was very specific that, yes, I'm your mom, right? But I'm also a person. Like, I make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to try. And if I am not doing something that you need me to do in a way that I am not showing up for you, I need you to tell me. Mm-hmm. I need you to t- if you need more hugs I need you to tell me that if if you feel as though I'm not understanding something about you I need you to tell me this so that we can try and figure it out because again I am just a person I am not perfect and so sometimes if you don't bring it to my attention I won't know and I want to know mm-hmm. but it was that aspect of my mom just saying that to me, those little words, oh, you don't know me, that revolutionized my relationship with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that and that's just like one small aspect. Right. That's just one small aspect. So think about, you know, if if you want to have kids and you're just like, you know what? Well, I don't want to pass down all this trauma. So I'm going to start dealing with this before I have my kids. Let me tell you something. That's great. That's a great attitude to have. Mm-hmm. But once you have them kids, 
stuff is going to start to creep up <laughs> that you didn't even think you had a thought about. Like, right, yeah, if that makes any sense at all, like, you're going to start to see and notice things. And there are go the universe is going to present opportunities to you where it's just like, come on, baby, now's the time. Um, <laughs> heal through them. Heal mm -hmm. through them. And mm -hmm. sometimes you'll notice it, but sometimes you don't. But when you do, man, that's because you've been putting in the work. Mm -hmm. That's because you've been putting in the work. <laughs> mm. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and uh, man, like you, you just kind of reminded me of a lot of the things that like I tried to definitely like rework from learning from like my grandfather and, and you know my grandfather he he was a great and very well respected man yet also he had his shortcomings and definitely one of his shortcomings was things having to be like his way 100% of the time because it's like if you didn't do it in this order this fashion then it was quote-unquote wrong so that's something that I've definitely tried to re-parent in myself as like, you know what, hey, it's okay to do things differently. It's yeah. okay as long as the end result is met and as long as the person felt comfortable doing it, you know, mm -hmm. to their to the best of their abilities. So that's definitely um something personal, which definitely like kind of reminded me of that. And just you know realizing that and and knowing that I'm working towards having that kind of outlook now you know it it affirms that yeah like you know what you're you're on that right path of achieving you know just that outlook in life so, mm -hmm. and I think I think that's I think that's great for you to for you to bring that up just because I think we can tie that into something right like even with you saying like you know, my grandpa, uh, everything had to be his way. Like, now think about your grandpa as a child, right? Mm -hmm. Because he didn't always think like that. Yeah. So that means that someone made him believe that the way that he was doing something in his life was wrong. Mm -hmm. And they made him believe that so much that it made him put himself into a box because the only reason why people like to control everything around them is because they feel like they can't control anything in their own personal lives. Exactly. And so imagine little grandpa and him being told, oh no, well, the way you're tying your shoes is wrong and you got to do it this way. And mm -hmm. how that probably broke his little heart. Right. And how that hardened him and mm -hmm. made him think, okay, well, I have to be done this way. And everything, ha like that stuff does not go away. Uh, it does not go away. It just stays and it grows and matures with you. And you don't realize it until it's too late. Mm -hmm. And it just like, it, 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 it puts even a perspective of, looking at your grandpa like as a person right, yep. as a little person and and thinking like no he wasn't just this way something happened to him and mm -hmm. this is the result yep and similar to just like what you said like it's not that that hurt or trauma that he had maybe gone through goes away yet 
the ultimatum thing is that it can be healed because yeah. mm -hmm. just like, you know, a cut or some kind of a gash. Yeah, like the scar will be there. The scar may be apparent, but like if it's properly healed, then, you know, it, it's going to be healed with love and it's going to be healed with concern and care. And mm -hmm. definitely, you know, if. I would say, like, if his younger self would have had that opportunity for that love, care, and concern of, like, hey, you know what? You tied your shoes wrong, but it's all right. You know what? They're mm -hmm. tied. Yep. And that's that's all right. That's okay. That's a totally different perspective right there. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different perspective. Exactly. Because now this child feels like, oh, wow, like, I did a great job, even though, you know, I did it my way. Like one, that's building confidence within yourself that you have the autonomy to do something by yourself. And it is, it, it, even if you do it different mm -hmm. and to hear that praise from a person in your life, that's supposed to be that supportive system. That goes a long way because now even in your decision-making, you feel self-assured in your own decision-making. But if you are always told as a child that something that you were doing is wrong and that you never do anything right, guess what you're going to be? Indecisive. You're never going to be able to make your own decisions. You're always going to second guess everything you do. Why? Because you don't believe in yourself. Why? Because someone told you that there was something wrong with you. When really they were just hurt. They were just told that it was something wrong with them. And all they knew how to do was pass that same thing along. Mm -hmm. it's just hurt people hurting hurt people hurting hurt people hurting hurt people and the shit has to stop yep. like it has to stop at some point and we gotta do it and that and that's the only necessary that's the only necessary thing that makes it stop is realizing like hey i am hurt and me lashing out this way me mm -hmm. reacting this way me parenting this way is just a reflection of that hurt yeah. not been healed yes. uh, yeah just like just like that saying like evil doesn't realize it's evil it's just all it knows is that it's starved off from being good like mm -hmm. it doesn't it hasn't been nurtured to be good so it, it doesn't realize it yet mm -hmm. exactly. well, that's even even when you think about things like when you're nice to someone or when you're like genuinely caring about someone that you don't know and they're like, well, why are you being so nice to me? Or why are you offering me this? Because everyone deserves kindness. Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves kindness. Yep. Like, there is no other reason why, other than you're a human, you exist, and you deserve kindness. Mm -hmm. But that that concept is just, it's lost. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason. Because... Mm -hmm. I, I suppose it's it's like it's like I suppose to some degree and it's like I don't want to I don't want to rationalize it all to that like people have been conditioned so much that it's like okay well if somebody's being kind to me I gotta look at it in question I gotta look at it with a side eye or but then in a but then in a grand sense it it really is just the conditioning of people because I'm quite sure if there was some kind of experiment placed or done that if child like if two children were raised, one was in like a very loving and susceptible household mm -hmm. and the other was in 
I suppose I, I suppose the I yeah, the very opposite. Then it's like the kind-hearted child would just react to kindness and also have probably a kind reaction to negativeness. You know what I mean? Because yeah. kindness is all that they know, but then, you know, vice versa, then yep. it, it, it would also transpire to that note. But yeah, I think it, it really does. Cause yeah, like it does boil down to conditioning and then also just like that inner child within and the things that we have seen and experienced within childhood because yeah there's moments where like somebody will say something very extremely kind to me and it's like I take it but then I know on the I did not there's something in the back of my mind that's like really but then it's yeah. just like well I gotta keep going anyway. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but well that was nice but it was just like wow like I wasn't expecting that yeah. <laughs> yep I, I trust me I know exactly what you mean and and it, and it it takes a while to accept kindness. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of sad. Yeah. But yeah. it's, you know, it, it's the truth. And going through this process of reparenting myself, and I mean, I am continuously doing it to this day. Um, like, thinking about, like, the, the interactions with that, that I have with my kids as they get older and like the types of conversations that we have and going back to thinking about my childhood and how that was and reevaluating that and, and making sure I'm not, not causing any damage. Like my number one goal, you know, excuse my language, even though y'all heard first a million times is not to fuck up my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no such thing as a perfect parent, but I don't want my kids to have to go to therapy because of me. Like, I I don't want that. I don't want them to have to do shadow work to get past the trauma that I've bestowed upon them mm-hmm. um, because I've refused to get my shit in order. Like, I'm not doing that. To the best of my ability. I can't help it if unconsciously something is happening and I'm doing something. But best believe I am checking in with them and asking them uh, often. Uh, am I good? Like, you know, like, can you do a survey on me? Like, what's happening with me? You know what I mean? And, it, and it's not like even a form of like, oh, I just want to see if I'm good enough. Like, no, I just want to make sure like I'm not passing anything down unconsciously i want to be very aware and i think i think that especially just like as a parent and i and i think that can also translate to being a friend being anything within life Mm -hmm. honestly like as long as you're having some kind of a human interaction with people maybe on a daily or continuous basis like i think that is a very good practice just to be like hey like how am how am I making you feel like, is there anything that I'm unaware of? Like, how do you want to be treated? Like, like it's these conversations, which, yeah, of course, of course they may feel awkward at very first glance or, you know, first mention. But I mean, these are the things that really do like they really matter. Like, like they, and they matter people, you appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Even just telling people you appreciate them is 
And I mean, just for no reason on a Tuesday, other than, hey, I appreciate you being in my life. Because mm -hmm. you yep. never know what that's going to do for someone's day. And it also, it makes you feel good to know that mm -hmm. you were vulnerable enough to tell someone in your life that I just appreciate the fact that you exist and you want to be in my world. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm telling you, like, and people... People can think I'm wrong all day long, but it is cool to care. I'm telling yes, you, it, it is cool to care. It really is. It really is. Because especially with everyone or a lot of majority of people nowadays are trying to be stoic and, oh, well, I, my feelings are like a rock. And you'll be looking like a rock and probably be alone <laughs> like a rock, too. <laughs> <laughs> But to tell somebody like, hey, man, like, I care about you and, you know, I want to see I want to see you do good. Like, and, yep. hey, like ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Uh, but anything else you want to leave the good people with this uh, this year before we start this 2024? I really got to tell myself that over and over again. I know. It's such a weird. <laughs> it sounds so like futuristic. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I just, I challenge you guys to evaluate your childhood. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying you had to go all out and, you know, write down every single thing, but think about one thing in your life that maybe you put up with that deep down, you know, you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Take that one thing and really dig deep. Mm -hmm. I bet you it'll tie you to something in your childhood. Yep. And I want you to start working on that. Mm. That's what I got for y'all. Some homework. Most definitely. And I guess like the last little bitty piece that I would throw in there, if you are having difficulty with that challenge or just, you know, challenges within repairing, you know, reparenting and also healing yourself, like, hey, do not feel shame, bad, or any kind no, of negative connotation. Go seek therapy. Go seek spiritual guidance. Um, if those two options don't work for you, then I would definitely suggest like, hey, maybe seek counseling, you know, because there's plenty of great counselors or, and counseling options uh, via online, probably in your local community, wherever that mm -hmm. may be. But that's the thing, like, one, you got to be able to identify like, hey, I am having difficulty with this. And then two, you also got to just take that like muster of courage and then also like remove some of the pride and be like, hey, I also going to need a, like a little help, like a little help in a hand in this too. Yeah. So. And remove the shame. Mm. Remove Amen. the shame. That's the biggest thing. People feel shameful about stuff. Don't feel shame. Mm -hmm. if, we, if we was honest, everybody need therapy. <laughs> therapy never hurt nobody nope. that's all I'm saying never hurt nobody does a body good yeah <laughs> way better than milk oh <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, but yes 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 we hope everyone has you know a blessed holiday season whatever you're celebrating um just also have a safe season because yes, I know yeah there's going to be a lot of crazy holiday driving. So if you're on the road, please be safe. Um, mm -hmm. And hey, like we look forward to y'all listening and, you know, interacting with us into this new year. 
as we go into these blade blade runner numbers <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all thanks for listening in we love y'all appreciate y'all peace out peace